You're listening to Sailing Into Oblivion Podcast. Good morning and welcome aboard Mighty Sparrow on this lovely October 9th, 2020. We are approximately 250 miles uh, from our final destination, the entrance to Port Royal. So, feeling pretty, uh, pretty good. I actually got quite a bit of sleep last night, believe it or not, and I was able to finally shut the engine down. Um, I think I ran it for close to 72 hours or something like that over the last bunch of days, and wow, it is loud. I'm, I'm really glad that I put the soundproofing in that I did, but... Uh, to say that that's super effective on this West Sail is, uh, would be a joke. I mean, it's, the engine compartment on this boat isn't totally sealed in any way, shape, or form, and, you know, like, the, some of the cabinets and stuff, it's just a little piece of plywood in between, and the companionway stairs, there's gaps and things like that, so... It's loud, and it's an old 50 horse. She's probably got at least 30 of those ponies left, and uh, she lets you know. <laughs> so It's one of those things, too, where, I don't know, after a while you sort of get used to it, but when you try and sleep, it's there's this resonance that it hits, and it's so loud. I was putting little pieces of uh, paper towel in my ears just to, you know, dull it down a little bit but uh at the end of the day yesterday the winds sort of picked up enough um there was a really annoying little one to two foot head sea so little waves coming right at us um they were sort of giving us that nice little jarring motion and making the mainsail slap so i ended up taking the mainsail down and just sailing with the uh, the big drifter uh, through the night. And we were probably only doing three or four knots, but uh, it was quiet. And I slept until 6 in the morning, which is about two hours longer than normal, at least for the last bunch of days. So that really, really felt good. And, um, yeah, I'm going to have to do my uh, daily updates here in uh, about a half an hour. So trying to squeeze in this little podcast we are getting close. Uh, today's Friday. Oh, we get some good miles today. And then Saturday we do some decent miles. And we're going to end up uh, hitting that channel probably at uh, right around sunrise on Sunday. And then five hours or so later we will be docking up. Which I look forward to very, very much. Uh, so the ETA... The ETA really is probably somewhere around noon, which is cool because that, that's that's about approximately the time I left. So it'll be, you know, it should be 88 days because at noon today it'll be 86, 87 for Saturday, and yeah, 88. So 88 days, and the mileage, believe it or not, because I, I was sort of... Uh, two months ago when I was figuring what I would do, I said, you know, go around the Atlantic in 10,000 miles. And I think it's going to be like 10,000 miles, 
10,004 or something like that. So that's, that's pretty funny, <laughs> but I'll add those up at the very end, uh, just to, to be able to have the stats and stuff. But yeah, that's, that's the ETA noon on a Sunday, get in there. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I usually, I think after a, a trip of this length, I'll probably tie the boat off and then walk directly to a store to go get some beers. And <sighs> maybe maybe a sandwich or something like that. And uh, then just sit on the grass for a little while and try and enjoy just taking the non-motion, non-boat. And then um, depending on how I'm feeling, either take a napper or just get straight into it. Get the old wash down going clear out everything I can down below laundry all that sort of stuff it's kind of weird I've I've finished some trips where all I do is just I'll have a beer or whatever and then go right to sleep just exhausted and then I've finished other trips where I'm up I'm ready I'm rolling and work and work and work and try and do as much stuff as possible so we just sort of play that one by ear. I don't, I don't try and make any plans, but it's kind of nice this time, you know, because, because the trip got changed and all that sort of stuff. I, I don't expect anybody to actually be there to like sort of greet me, which in some ways is, is kind of, sh you know, it's, it sucks a little bit because if I would have done the big trip, it would have been probably a lot of people, which would have been fun. But at the same time, after being alone for so long, it's kind of overwhelming and it's kind of a little too much to ha come in and have a whole bunch of people waiting for you and, you know, wanting to talk to you and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's just a little too much too quick. So it'll be kind of cool to just pull in, you know, find my dock slip and, uh, and be able to just sit and ease into it hopefully there's a few of the regulars that have come back down there i, I know i'm a little early because the hurricane season's still going on so it might be pretty quiet but um yeah looking looking forward to seeing a few of the old friends and everything um i think the one i i don't know what the tides are going to be doing in there that i can't really do much about I do have to figure out the swing bridge. There's a big, old, really beautiful old swing bridge um, that I believe opens on the half hour or the hour when called upon. Can't remember what channel they listen to, and I can't remember if there's uh, one or two sections during the day where they don't do it. But I don't know. I think by the time I get cell phone signal, I can Google all that and figure it out. But um, yeah. Those are my only real obstacles, which aren't really obstacles at all. So I'm just enjoying my coffee this morning. Boy, I've been drinking a lot of coffee, like four cups a day or something. I know that's, that's probably some people are thinking four cups. That's not that I have that for breakfast. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, normally it's just one one cup of coffee in the morning and unless I'm staying up late at night to be up on watch or something, but I don't know. Uh, I usually have a couple cups now in the morning and I'm hoping that once I get back to land, I can get back to just one cup because uh, I think that's about all I really need. But the traffic has been incredible. I, I think uh, we had 
I saw probably three or four boats and oh my gosh, I, I can't even believe it. So I, I go up to change one of the sails yesterday and uh, there's a locust. One of those giant three inch long disgusting grasshopper looking things. Sitting there trying to suck the salt off of one of my guardrails. And granted, you know, I'm, I was like 300 something miles away from shore. But it happened maybe I found it a half an hour after um, I had a big ship pass by maybe two miles off. So I'm, I'm assuming the locust came off of that boat. Uh, but pretty gross. I, I definitely flung that sucker right into the sea because those things just eat can't even imagine getting something like that down below Ugh. i mean it was huge biggest grasshopper i ever saw <laughs> so that was kind of weird this this trip's been weird like that having those birds that kept landing and coming into the cabin and and then have that locust and that oh my gosh there's a there's a bug right there holy cow is that a mosquito eater that looks like a mosquito eater wow this is weird and I know there's a spider in here somewhere because I ran into his net. It's funny, the, the things, the little ecosystem, you know. Obviously, there's barnacles on the bottom. You expect that, but you don't really expect any other life. I can remember finding a moth on the boat on my other trip. I don't remember how far out I was, but I was out in the middle of the ocean. So sometimes they get blown out. Sometimes they end up, uh, I think a lot of times they end up stowing away on these big ships and then... They either get rustled off or they take off and then, you know, anything they see out there sailing, they go towards. But, but yeah, so the traffic has been pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I saw probably three or four boats yesterday and then on the AIS, which goes out to 24 miles, probably had signals of 10, 10 or 12 boats. So we're definitely getting into traffic area and... The alarm is working really well, so don't have to um, worry too much about that. So I can still sleep, but I, I keep checking it. You know, if I if I roll over and sort of become conscious, then I end up just doing a, a quick little check around and everything. And yeah, it's only going to get more congested as we get in because uh, if they're smart, most of these ships will be using you know, the Gulf Stream, or if they're going south, they stay inside the Gulf Stream in between that and the coast and use the counter current. Because uh, those, you know, Gulf Stream sometimes running like four knots. Uh, I don't know about the counter current, maybe like one knot or something, but that's a big difference. Even if it's, you know, you're on this huge ship, if you're doing 18 knots, if you're in the Gulf Stream going against it and it knocks you down four knots, that's huge. I mean... The amount of fuel that you're having to burn just to keep keep that speed up, I couldn't even imagine. So, and for me, you know, if I end up sort of sailing into an eddy that's going the wrong way before I get to this stream, you know, it can knock my boat speed down to two knots, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm hoping. I haven't heard anything from my brother. Um, he, he didn't give me any coordinates, but he did say that I, I was headed in the right direction to catch the southern edge of an eddy that's coming off the stream that's headed towards the west. So I'll, I'll catch that, and that'll throw me into the stream. That'll throw me a bit north, but I'll still keep heading west. I don't know how confusing that it sounds, but 
basically I'm in really good shape at this point, which is good because I just want to cruise on in and get in there fast. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's that, that hurricane Delta. It's about to make landfall. I think tonight in either Texas or Louisiana, boy, I am like, and I know there's a tropical wave out there somewhere, um, that's headed West. Boy, it'll be interesting to see and look on Noah, not only to look at the path of all the hurricanes that we've had this season, but also to see anything else that's coming. I mean, it would be it'd be pretty ridiculous if a hurricane came up and cruised right through this area in the next week. Yikes. Hey, I've been so fortunate and so lucky to be able to sail from the Azores to the Cape Verdes with only going through one tropical wave. And then to be able to sail, not so much, when I went south of the Cape Verdes, you know, there wasn't much. And once you're that far south, once you're below like 10 degrees, it's pretty rare for any tropical waves or hurricanes to be down there. But I popped up above 10, and I've been sailing, you know, in the hurricane belt, so to speak, for the last like three weeks. And that's not smart. <laughs> Wouldn't do it again, that's for, that's for sure. But uh, it was beautiful, though, to see, to see the engine that drives some of those hurricanes, the convection and the evaporation and the transfer of uh, heat and energy. Holy cow. I'll never forget what that looks like. It's just unbelievable. So it's been kind of cool because I, I have the chart of uh, the North Atlantic here. And it's, it's actually a crummy chart. It's the North Atlantic. It's, what does it say? The North Atlantic Ocean Southern Part. So it doesn't show, it shows from basically Cape Cod to Africa to the equator and a little bit south. So it has two-thirds of my trip on it. It doesn't have the portion where I go to the Labrador Sea and then cut across and then go to the Azores. But it, it, has, it has the very bottom of the Azores uh, to the Cape Verdes. And man, there's just so many little X's, one per day, and there's probably like 60 X's on this thing. Wow, it has been a long voyage, and a lot of the same sort of stuff. It, it, I actually used a blanket last night, as talking about like changing. It's been, it's been day after day after day of almost the exact same thing. You know, waking up early, it's hot already, sweating, just wear a pair of boxers that's it and it's been that way for like two months and then last night was the first night that I actually it was chilly around two in the morning and I went and grabbed a blanket and I actually slept under a blanket for a little bit now it's hot again it's already above 80 degrees and it's probably just gonna it's gonna be a scorcher if I hit the Gulf Stream today or tonight it's gonna be hot and then it's going to be pretty crazy. As soon as I get out of that golf stream, it's going to probably drop 10, 10 to 20 degrees in temperature. So got to kind of get ready for that, pull out some of the, uh, the fleece and, uh, I don't know, maybe the, maybe not the wet weather gear, but cause the winds aren't going to be high. It's going to be a really, uh, docile crossing unless we get thunderstorms and stuff. So you can get a lot of that micro, micro systems uh in the gulf stream but as far as the major systems 
the macro <laughs> systems. It's uh, we're gonna. It looks like we're supposed to have, you know, 15 to 20 knots coming from the east, and then it slowly clocks around to the southeast and eases off a little bit and then comes all the way around to the south and so that's what i'll be dealing with i think once i get into the channel it's probably just going to be motoring the whole way up it'd be really cool if there was enough breeze so that i could actually sail but uh, i'm doubting that i think it's just going to be maybe keep the mainsail up but pretty much motoring the whole way into uh into buford so kind of cool no big deal oh man so yeah basically just gotta enjoy my day today enjoy my day tomorrow hopefully the sailing will be good and it'll be fast and it'll be uneventful and uh, i'll be cruising in and by this time in uh, about 48 hours i'll be motoring my way in inside of land and Oh, taking a look at the old uh, Twitter feed. <laughs> now that's that's uh, that's one thing I am I am really looking forward to not having to do anymore. Um, not that I I don't mind. I, I really enjoy sharing my sort of adventures uh, with people, giving them a, an outlet to be able to follow along each day and just sort of check in. But, boy, I'm sick of it. I really, really don't want to keep doing it. And I can't wait to shut my Twitter account down that I set up for this thing and shut the Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'll shut the Instagram down because I know uh, there are little videos and clips that people are going to want to see. And same with the Facebook group. So I'll probably keep those alive. But uh, it'll just be nice not to have to mess with them and look at social media and all that sort of stuff uh every single day even though i only have to do it for you know five ten minutes but it'll be nice to to sort of shut that that part down and actually see human beings and talk to human beings again <laughs> it's a good trade-off uh you know but it'll uh yeah, it'll be cool. Get in there, see. I can't wait to see uh, if I have any emails. I don't even know. I, I'm now starting to get radio uh, frequency, you know, radio stations like AM stuff. So I'm getting a little bit of news, but doesn't sound like I'm gonna have any uh, any talks coming up anytime soon. Sounds like they're they're still keeping everything on lockdown as far as big gatherings and such, which. That kind of sucks because I was I, I would really love to uh, be able to do a bunch more of those and maybe in the fall who knows um, I don't know there's a lot of stuff I got to sort out but we'll uh, cross that bridge when we get to it so other than that uh, I hope everybody has a good day coming into the last little bit the tail end last 250 miles of this epic Atlantic <laughs> adventure. All right, everybody, stay all safe. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Well, that's it. That's the last podcast from Out on the Ocean. And here I sit a week later down uh, below on Mighty Sparrow Still. 
She's a bit uh, in shambles at this point as I'm as I'm taking all of my stuff out of her. But uh, yeah, uh, the winds basically started to lighten up um, soon after that. I got through the Gulf Stream. The the waves had heaped up a little bit, but nothing crazy. I was going straight with the wind and with the waves, so the boat was rolling like crazy. It was pretty uncomfortable, but got out of the Gulf Stream and I started to see all the ships i mean there must have been 10 or more ships anchored outside of savannah all waiting to go up the savannah river and i sort of had to duck and dodge around a lot of those and my eta was off way way off because the winds um, had propelled me much faster than i thought uh, i ended up uh, sort of sailing through the night and getting in, the winds sort of died off about 20 miles or so off of the coast. And I ended up motoring in in decent sized seas, so pretty uncomfortable stuff. But um, it was through the middle of the night, so I hadn't slept all day. Been up since 6 a.m. After sunset, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I get closer and closer, get the cell phone signal, all that, and work my way into the channel. And it's, a, it's about a 20-mile or so motor to get all the way up to Ladies Island Marina. And it's not every channel marker is lit, so it's a little nerve-wracking. But slowly but surely, I, I work my way up. And middle of the night, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, still motoring away. Not much traffic, just a couple boats headed out to sea. And worm my way all the way through engines running everything's working well the tides against me so i'm going pretty slow and my one worry was that it was sunday and there's a swing bridge just before the marina that i have to get through and i don't know what the schedule is for it and luckily it operates at you know request so you just call it up on the weekends and it'll open up for you and i reached the swing bridge just as the sun uh, it's starting to illuminate the sky, which eases my my anxiety up a little bit. And I get through, pull into Ladies Island Marina just as it's getting light. So it's maybe 7 a.m. or something like that. And find an empty slip and, and, and tie up and do exactly what I said. Head to the gas station. I hadn't slept in, you know, over 24 hours at this point. So I was pretty shaky. And having the waves you know be up for so long i i was definitely walking on flimsy legs but walked my way down to the gas station picked up a couple of beers and came on back and just sat in the grass and uh, took in the view took in the the feeling of being you know on land again not moving except for the fact that i was swaying around but um, didn't take long before I was ready to call it a night and went down below and crashed. I had seen a couple of the my old friends that are here and, you know, some, some good laughs and everything. And 88 days out at sea and 10,000 and I think five miles later, I was right back here. So it was, it was pretty cool, pretty good feeling and, and a pretty good end to the trip. You know, nothing nothing too crazy. I, I was actually kind of glad in some ways that there weren't you know, people here to welcome me back because, you know, the overall feeling of this trip is that, you know, it was unsuccessful. You know, I, I, I know going around the entire Atlantic in one shot to a lot of people seems like a massive endeavor. And it, it, it was, I, you know, I, I traversed quite a bit of our ocean out there, especially during 
the hurricane season. But to me, you know, not being able to continue on was was pretty difficult and I'm still sort of coming to grips with what it all means and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, the one thing I can say is that for 21 days in July and August of this year, I was able to, I was on my way to the Northwest passage. You know, I made it to the starting line and I started running and really that, that, when it comes to taking on challenges, I think that's 90% of the battle is just getting to that start line and, and setting sail. And so I'll always have that. I'll have that thing. I, I doubt I'll ever see the Northwest Passage. Maybe. You never know. But it's one of those things where if I had been the one to pull the trigger and say, I can't go, I can't do this, you know, it would have been very different than being told I can't do it. So I, I'll always have that. And the adventure was unique, and, and I have the memories and everything, so I'm, I'm trying to see it in a positive light for, for how things ended up and, and what I ended up doing. So in the end, uh, yeah, it definitely looks like I'm putting Sparrow up for sale and going to hand her over to somebody else who's ready to take on some new adventures. And myself, I'm going to try out being a, a land lover for a little while and see how that goes. I'm sure the sea's going to call me back at some point, and who knows? Who knows when that'll be? But uh, if you've struggled your way through this podcast, all 10 episodes, I want to thank you for listening, and hopefully you got some insight into our ocean world and what it's like to go out there by yourself on an old little boat and make some miles. So... Other than that, um, glad you came in and listened for a while, and thanks for, thanks for tuning in. You guys take care, and as always, sail safe.